Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Congratulations uh, on the early success of SEC Unfiltered. I, I'm excited for you, my friend. It's, it's been fun uh, to keep along with kind of how it's coming along and, and excited for you, as I said. But, yeah, man, it's unfortunate the last college football game is done. Uh, I know we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of it. 
But this is why sports are great. We got the NFL playoffs. We know college football season really never ends, especially with the transfer portal. But then college hoops, too, man. Look, I love me some college hoops, Chris. You know that. I want to give a special shout-out to, Jake, your good friend and our good friend, David Cohn, who I know was thrilled last night. I I am happy for David Cohn, no matter how you feel about Michigan. It's always great when one of your own can, can... can celebrate a championship. So congratulations yeah, to Dave. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, I, I always say, too, and, and Dave's very, from an analysis standpoint, he's going to tell you what he thinks. But we're all fans of somebody. I hate guys that are like, oh, well, you know, I'm not a fan of anybody. I'm just going to tell you. But I can tell you about everybody and still be a fan of somebody. To be honest with you, if you're not a fan of somebody, I think you should be federally investigated. But that's a, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but, yeah, man, he was. Uh, we did the live stream last night. It was incredible, man. We had over 100,000 views. Uh, by the time we got off of there, um, I know, like I said, we're going to get into the game, but it was a lot of fun. And yeah, he, uh, he's, he was very, uh, Sprite this morning, even though we got done at about 1130 last night. Jake, before we get into the game, I want to ask you about a take that I actually had that, you know, early on in this SEC unfiltered journey, I'm doing my best, I guess, to just piss off Alabama people. And I think I probably succeeded because, Yesterday, when talking about the game, and I don't know this this was necessarily even planned, and I and I threw it up on social media and thought, you know, there's probably some Georgia fans that'll resonate with this, but little did I know, 400,000 views later, that my take that you know I I thought the best team in the country didn't play last night, and that was Georgia, and I I understand they lost to Bama, but I would have taken Georgia over Michigan, over Washington, over Texas, and in a rematch in Bama. Am I crazy for saying that? Do I have any sort of leg to stand on, or should I just shut up and? except that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were the feature teams last night? Well, look, I, I mean, my, my biggest gripe was Florida State being left out, not to, to read, you know, to bring that dead horse back to life and then beat it to death again, uh, is that if we're going to put the four best teams in there, Georgia is one of the four best teams. I mean, if we're going to go off what the sports book's going to be on a neutral site, Georgia would be favored over Washington. Hell, to be honest with you, I think Georgia may be favored over Michigan, if we're going to be honest, on a neutral site. But at the end of the day, Chris, the SEC championship, it it was a playoff game. You know, Georgia had a chance to beat Alabama, uh, to cement themselves the way that Michigan cemented themselves, uh, you know, uh, beating Ohio State there at the end, and and they weren't able to do it. On a neutral site, would I bet on Georgia? You're right. But the game is won and lost on the field, and it's not just, you know, if you win, it's when you win, and apparently now it's who's hurt even if you win. So, yeah, I don't think that's a crazy take, but to me, I pick Michigan to win it. Um, and because of experience, you know, the whole year when everybody was saying, oh, Michigan hasn't played anybody. We don't know about Michigan. We know more about Georgia than we know about Michigan. We've watched this same. Same years consecutively. So they lost a, a playoff game where they were the favorite. They lost a playoff game where they were the underdog. Um, so again, these guys have been through the battles, they've been through the wars and experience is the unteachable intangible. And it always will be. That's why you see old teams typically win in the NCAA basketball tournament. All these one and done teams don't typically win it. Why? Because experience at the end of the day, when put together is the best weapon you can have. So, Jake, let's get in the nuts and bolts of this game. Uh, Michigan jumps out to that big early lead. It looks like it's going to be a repeat of last year with Georgia and TCU. And, you know, credit Washington for staying in the fight. I I thought, and I know you'd probably agree, they had some missed opportunities early. That fourth down comes to mind where, you know, really maybe they could have taken control of that game and and flipped the momentum. But, you know, Michigan just kind of did what it had done 
dare I say, you know, lately, at least late in the season, I want to say all year, but certainly they had some big blowout wins, but especially in the playoff where they just kind of, you know, they just treaded water just enough, stayed their head above water and, and found a way to win and obviously dominated late and put that game away, used their physicality. I mean, obviously they were all over Michael Penix Jr., did everything he could, but he was under duress. It looked like Jalen Milrow, a repeat of that, honestly, where he's just under duress constantly. Your thoughts on how the game played out? I picked Michigan. I wasn't totally shocked. I thought it would be closer. Uh, were you surprised how the game played out in any way? I know you had the Michigan Wolverines, but just how it unfolded, did it surprise you at all? Mm -hmm. Um, the part that surprised me most was that Washington's defense was able to answer the bell so much in the second and third quarter. I mean, I thought it was a four-round fight. And again, and again, this is where experience comes in. Neither one of these teams was going to panic, right? It, it, just like Michigan didn't panic against Alabama at the end, Washington didn't panic when they got down 14-3. to They made their adjustments, and I thought they won the second and the third quarter up front, which was the most surprising part of the game to me. Really, the two most shocking parts was one that Washington's front seven was able to hang in that fight so long for Michigan, especially early when it could have collapsed. And number two, that Washington's strength, their offensive line, I know Michigan's really good on defense, but this is a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, not because they just line up and run duo and power and counter and insert and ISO down your throat, but because they communicate well in pass protection, right? They do a good job passing things off. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're a very versatile and complete offensive line. But they were shook. I mean, it was like the last round at the shelter with Eminem and Papa Doc. It was like they just went to Cranbrook and nobody knew about it until the end. That's the part that surprised me the most. But the game plans, I thought, were phenomenal on both sides, right? Michigan, just like we said all the week before on Crane & Company, is going to play soft coverage, umbrella coverage, make Washington go 9, 10, 11, 12 plays down the field and kick field goals in the red zone. And it would frustrate Washington over time. And it did. Washington is used to hitting big plays. And it's not just big plays down the field. That's the common misconception. What Washington was able to do was hit short to intermediate passes, hit the screen game, and hit big plays off of that, as well as the deep ball. Well, what did Michigan do yesterday? They tackled in space. And it seemed like the chunk plays, the few that Washington got, were 12 and 15 yards because Michigan was going to make them methodically drive the ball down the field and that's what they did. And I think over time, the offensive line got frustrated. I think Michael Penix got frustrated. I think the receivers got frustrated. You saw drops. You saw pre-snap penalties. Um, so to me, I was I was surprised that the two weakest units from each side were supposed to be their strength. Now, I know it caved in on Washington at the end after the pick. But, man, I, I thought you saw why Washington was there because of their fight back in that second and third quarter and keeping that game close. I was surprised it was as low scoring as it was, to be honest with you. Yeah, Jake, to piggyback off that, you know, your last point, I, I was surprised at it as well. And I, I was, you know, I, I, as much as we talk about Michigan and the off field stuff, like you knew on the field, they, they were legit. They were, you know, every bit the making of a national champion. I, I was really impressed with their speed and their speed in the secondary. And I mean, I, I don't know if I was the only one that felt this way, but, I just felt like Michigan made Washington look slow. Like I, I just, it, well, it was, it was yeah. not like it, it was not what I expect. I, I thought Washington, and again, that's credit to Michigan, probably. Like I thought Michigan looked slow. It's just no other way. Well, to they, they had, they, they, I mean, Donovan Edwards made Washington's defense. I mean, they they made him look like the Flash, like Flash <laughs> Gordon, like those yeah. first two touchdowns. And you know, Washington was good initially, and he bounced it. 
One time he cut back kind of against the grain, and then he just looked like the fastest human on the planet. But here's where you know for Michigan. You know, in the past, when you run up against a Bama or a Georgia or an LSU or even, let's go back further, Florida, when they were on their run, you may be able to hang up front physically. That may be your bag, right? You may be able to stay in the fight there. But on the outside, you're not good enough. Or it may be vice versa. Maybe you're good enough on the outside, but up front, it's Eddie Lacy versus Notre Dame. I'm eating you on national you know, television, right? I'm running you over and we're just big boying you. That wasn't the case when Jalen Milrow either had time to throw the ball down the field. And you can use Bama as a litmus test. They got some of the best athletes in the country. They always do. When Jalen Milrow had time in the pocket to throw or when he would scramble and evade and buy time and extend the play, Michigan was still able to stay step for step with the Alabama skill players while being able to hold up up front and honestly kick Alabama's ass, Alabama's offensive line's ass, the whole game. It's a complete team. How do you usurp a dominant SEC team? You do what they do. You have a complete team. That's the only way to survive, right? It's the only way because just like in basketball, just like in baseball, sometimes position groups play better in certain games than they do in others. Sometimes sides of the ball play better in certain games than they do in others. And the teams that win championships, regardless of sport, are the teams that can win in the most ways. And it will always be that. How do you do that? You have the best players at the most positions that play the most discipline. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Jake, what is your response to people that say Michigan is a tarnished champion and there should be an asterisk next to their name in the record books? I, I say, how long have you how long have you been an Ohio State fan? Like, uh, <laughs> like I laugh at this. I laugh at this. It's like the people are like, oh yeah, Auburn's 2010 Natty doesn't count because they get, they paid Cam Newton 180 thousand dollars. You know what I say to that? What a steal! 180000 We must have the greatest deal maker. Is Howie Mandel like just hanging out at Auburn? It's the greatest deal of all time. People that say, oh, Reggie Bush, 
Nobody wants to give Reggie Bush's Heisman back. This whole tarnished asterisk. You saw the game last night. I saw the game last night. I saw Jim Harbaugh and those Cartiers, you know, hold up that, that crystal ball. Michigan's a national champion. If you don't like it, beat them. So, Jake, as the four-team college football playoff era comes to an end, we now turn our attention to the 12-team playoff. I guess just your thoughts, your excitement level. Is there anything you think you'll miss about the four-team playoff? Favorite memories from that era? Because, again, last night did serve as the end of an era and now the turning of a page. And I, for one, am ecstatic. I can't wait to see how a 12-teamer unfolds. Well, I'm an eternal optimist. So the way I'm looking at it is I'm hoping this past year, the one we just ended, which I think you guys can all agree in the chat and everywhere out there, that we had more parity this year as far as teams that could possibly win a national championship, probably six to seven, you could maybe say eight, than we've had in such a long time. I hope this is the new normal, right? Whether that be through some combination of the transfer portal and NIL and conference realignment, whatever, uh, I hope this is the new norm because it'll make the playoff better, right? The more teams that can win, more competitive the playoff is. I think the atmosphere is going to be incredible. Um, I'm interested to see if there's any changing of the rules. I know they met recently with obviously the Pac-12 going away. Will that affect any of the the you know automatic qualifiers? I don't know. We'll see. We're kind of building this parachute on the way down. But no, I, I, I again, if we go back to just a two-team and everybody else has no chance, then a 12-team playoff, there'll be some fun games on the periphery. But, uh, I mean, we know what's going to happen at the end. This year, even though, you know, Michigan hadn't won it since 97, you had some guys in there that kind of surprised you a little bit. You saw Texas. You saw Washington. But I tell you what, man, what I'm interested to see is, you know, is a team like Memphis next year that could sneak in the playoff, a group of five team, you know, whether it's at that 11 spot, whether it's at that 12 spot. You know, what happens if we have somebody knock somebody out early? Like, like it just – you know, the, the likelihood of it isn't great, but but the lead up to it, more good football games, more competitive football games. And you don't have to be a mathematician to figure out that the more playoff games, the, the less opt outs. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more exciting next year. And I tell you, the conference realignment to me, though, man, I'm looking at some of these schedules like, I mean, look, that game you saw last night, they're in the same conference now <laughs> and add Oregon and USC and UCLA. Utah's going to Big 12. Texas and Oklahoma's in the SEC. I mean, there's, we're just taking all the good non-conference games and putting everybody in the conference together. Like, I'm fine with it. I'm excited. Yeah, Jake, we've got our way-too-early predictions for 2024. Oh, Record buddy. predictions coming out for the SEC today. And I tell you, going through those schedules, like you mentioned, it's like uh -huh. there's a lot of teams that are, that are going to be racking up losses that are not used to racking up losses. Because well, it's just well, inevitable. It's inevitable. Well, what I said, and I think it's the best way to put it, if you're an SEC fan, which I'm guessing most of you are, uh, and you look at your schedule, you know, you always have those. You look at it, you're like, oh, oh, damn. You know, like you, now you just added another damn, like to the schedule with either Texas or Oklahoma. So it's not going to get easier. What I am excited, though, Chris, about no divisions. I, I think no divisions is the way to go. That's the way everybody's going. I want the two best teams uh, to play in the SEC championship game, and it's so limited when you limit the amount of teams that can qualify based on divisions that geographically, we don't have to be Christopher Columbus to figure out, you know, Missouri in the East, like Auburn, Alabama in the West. I mean, you know, I'm again, I'm not Lewis and Clark or like Sacagawea or anybody, but that don't sound right to me. Not to spoil it early before we get into the segment, Jake, but since we have you on, what if I told you I've got the Auburn Tigers going eight and four next year? Take it. Instantly. 
on the it's road. A tough Georgia Bama, it's a tough schedule too. It's a tough it's a, schedule. It's it's. I mean, you're on the road at Georgia and Bama, so let's chalk up to. Hmm. Like you you chalk up to. Let's just be honest, right? I hope I'm wrong, right? But uh, you know, as an Auburn fan, I'm dead inside already, so you can't hurt me. So I'll chalk up those two. Uh, look, eight and four would be good. Quarterback situation though, worried about it. Worried about it. To be honest, don't trust them. I just don't. Just why? Why, don't why does him. Hugh Freeze trust Peyton Thorne? Why? Well, listen. There's a lot of things that go on, right, with this NIL situation, like money that's not saying that Peyton Thorne is only playing because they paid him NIL money. But it's what the market has out there. There was a decent amount of the market. Auburn and Hugh Freeze talked about this. He didn't think he did a great job in the transfer portal at the quarterback position. Um, Caden Salter, obviously, you know, a, a guy that's going back to Liberty. I think he withdrew his name from the portal uh, last time I saw it. But you're, they're running out of guys. I mean, little Tua looks like he's going to Miami. Uh, Will Howard just went to Ohio State. It's just, man, something about that cat I just don't trust, Chris. Hey, let, let me ask you this, though. I heard you say uh, Kentucky and Tennessee, you know, two best teams in the, in the SEC. Easy, hands down, right? Yeah, I don't think that was me. <laughs> Oh yeah, and if, and if it was, I'm going to retract that statement. By the way, just uh, that was per that must have been per sources. Must have been per sources. Yeah. Uh, let's stick with Auburn for a moment, Jake. This is fun. Philip Montgomery's out as OC. Hugh Freeze. It looks like it's going to take over the play call. Your, your thoughts on that? Good. Everybody, get out a piece of paper and a pencil. Write down what you're best at. We're going to do that. <laughs> Dance with the one that brought you, baby. Yeah. Dial it up. Yeah. Good. I, I want Doctor Strange over there just looking at the field doing this <laughs> the whole time. Jake, like I mentioned, it, it's way too early season, right? We've seen all the way too early top twenty fives that came out and stuff like that. And like you said, you're you know one of your fears, obviously. And what you what you hope happens, I should say, is that the parity continues. Portal NIL continues to push that, and I think it will. But if it doesn't, let's say we have two or maybe three just like dominant teams. There's a clear gap. In your mind right now, who would those two or three teams be? Because, you know, maybe you can look at Georgia, but I don't really see that. I, I see the parity continuing. But if it doesn't, who are those teams that you think that we're going to be like, man, they're just better than everybody? Uh, Bama and Georgia. Easy. Easy <laughs> answer. I mean, do you think Bama is ready to get back to that level? After what you saw this year, well, I just, I just think you know, there's uh, at least to this point, they're still going to have Nick Saban, and, and they're still going to have some of the best players in the country. So you just gave up 49 sacks and made the college football playoff. Uh, you beat a, you beat USF on the road with a lacrosse player quarterback. So at this point, you know, I just think discounting Bama with a 12 team playoff. Are you kidding me? These cats barely missed it when it's four. Like they barely missed it when it was two. They'll make a 12 teamer, but uh, I'm interested to see Texas. I'm interested to see that growth. Year one in the SEC. I'm just here's what I'm gonna tell you, Texas Oklahoma fans, and y'all know football. I'm not saying you don't. I lived in the state of Texas in Fort Worth, baby, funky town. I know what's up. But this common misconception of oh, we're coming over the SEC. It's all about just beating Alabama and Georgia. See, that's the trap. Y'all are falling for the trap. That's already hard. Duh. We know that. That's tough, right? But guess what? Now you got to go to Ole Miss. And then Missouri. And then Kentucky. Surprise. I don't know. Louisville. You know, something like I'm just telling you. Notre Dame. Right? Like, it's it's the grind of this conference. You can play really well and mess around and go nine and three. Like, real quick. Real quick in this league. And you got to play Michigan? It doesn't Texas play Michigan next year? At Michigan. I think it's oh, week three. Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> 
Arch Manning's like, yeah, I'll take another year, Quinn. Just come back. Come back for this one. I'm going to be stretching and doing push-ups. Speaking of way too early top 25s, Jake, Ole Miss, it seems like they're in the top five of every one of those. Are you buying the hype on the Rebels for the Rebels to that degree where you think they're a top five team going into next season? Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the talent level that they have with Lane Kiffin. I, I mean, losing Judkins hurts, but, you know, when you when you look at the way this roster is made up, uh, I think they're going to be just fine, you know, especially with Jackson Dart's running ability. I mean, Bentley's a good player as well. When, when I look at Ole Miss, you know, bringing in guys from the portal, what I'm more interested to see is how this kind of experiment plays out, bringing in the uh, uh, mercenaries, right? Bringing in all, all these guys to try and put them together to make a Frankenstein team. It worked for Florida State, to be honest with you, when you look at the way that that roster was made up. Now, not to this level that Lane Kiffin's kind of relying on it. We saw Deion Sanders, you know, work early and, and then kind of fall off the table. But that, you know, that's a depth and personnel issue. Um, but now when I look at Ole Miss, man, I think they got a chance to be a top five team. If you look at their schedule, you know, there's not an easy schedule in the SEC, but there's lighter and heavier ones. And I think Ole Miss does have a lighter one. Jake, when you look back on the season that was – most fun off the wall storyline or topic maybe you guys had on your show that that you'll recall, and you've already used the decal or sticker on a helmet mm-hmm. thing. So let's let's try something else. Let's see. Probably the most controversial. I mean, I did get naked at Bass Pro Shops the other day. It was wild. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say I would say the New Mexico State quarterback urinating on the the his rival's logo inside the uh, indoor facility on the road at practice. I don't that, think uh, I saw that. I don't yeah, think I saw that. Yeah, that, that wow. happened. And then Jerry Kill in his press conference after the bowl game uh, c- kind of hit on a little bit. There was a decent amount of crazy stuff. A lot of it's obviously Michigan-focused. Mm-hmm. Florida State just, you know, getting ready to tell the ACC, no, sorry, just send me a letter, you know, whatever. Um, but, man, I, I think, you know, Blaine Blaine wasn't a big Michigan believer this year. He he wasn't he wasn't as big. I picked him. I think Cone was a little nervous to pick him because he didn't want to. Who did him. who did Blaine have? Blaine had uh, I think he had Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think he had Georgia winning it. Which again, I mean, it's not. not I had Ohio State, so I, I missed yeah. badly. So well, I mean, look again. You 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 hang around in that six or seven, like right. you're going to run into a couple. Right. Right. Let's let's move to. There's been a lot of coordinator movements, uh, Jake, in the SEC. Again, Auburn's replacing both their coordinators, OC and DC. Of course, we know Hugh Freeze is going to take over calling those plays. I would call that an upgrade. They'll have to replace their defensive coordinator as well as Ron Roberts is headed to Florida. Okay, I want to get your take on this. And he's been hired as the quote-unquote executive head coach for defense, co-defensive coordinator, and linebackers coach. Have you ever heard of an executive head coach for defense and thoughts on that addition for Billy Napier and now the fact that Hugh Freeze obviously has got to go out and replace his D.C. Any names you're hearing? I know you're you're close with the Auburn folks, Auburn people. Uh, just thoughts on that as a whole, though. Ron Roberts to Gainesville. Yeah, I don't know what worries me more. The amount of titles that Billy Napier gives these coaches with this <laughs> Billy Cotton, who I think is the dude from Split in here in the chat. He, just, he's got he's got two offensive line coaches. Yeah. He's got two offensive line coaches, no special teams coach, and an executive head coach for defense. So Billy Napier well, is either well, you a seem genius to make sure or an wearing different numbers on special teams. How, how about that title for that coach? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, titles, yeah. titles equal money, right? That's the way this works. The titles you have entitle you to more money. Is It works like that a lot in the business world. That's one of the reasons, you know, co-DC, associate head coach. Uh, that brings with it extra money. 
You know, I, Belichick, I think, is the best at this. If you look at some of the names of his coaches, like it's like what their titles are, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, this is the same guy who turned his DC into his OC uh, at the, in the NFL level. Never seen that. But, yeah, Billy Napier, There's, a, I would tone down maybe the amount of titles and, and tone up the amount of, of discipline. And, I mean, you talk about schedules, though, uh, going into next year. I mean, if, if you're Billy Napier in Florida, I mean, goodness, it's like getting, getting hit with a baseball bat when you walk in the door. It's just tough. Keeping it moving, Jake. Kevin Steele is set to retire. This reported by Chris Lowe of ESPN last night. 40 yeah. years in the coaching profession. That's impressive. 400. But, uh, 400. Yeah, that's what it feels like, 400. But uh, set to retire. Alabama looking for a D.C. Do you think they stay within and promote Travaris Robinson? Do you think yeah. they go D.J. Durkin potentially? That's a name I've heard as well. Your thoughts on that opening? Um, you know, obviously Nick Saban's going to make the right decision here. I, I think T. Rob, it's it's his time. I wouldn't be shocked if they promoted him from within. A guy that played at Auburn, but he's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a recruiter. Uh, one of the up and coming uh, guys to be head coaches uh, here sooner rather than later down the road. That that everybody in the SEC, if you really pay attention, uh, you've either really loved him in recruiting or you've really hated him. Uh, and he puts a really good product out on the field, and and he's been in that system now for a little bit. So I I would lean T. Rob, but look, DJ Durkin, another guy. Uh, that's been on the circuit. Uh, that's that's been multiple places. Um, you know, when, when I look at at the way this Alabama defense and and you know what they have returning, obviously the turnover that they have every year, we all know it's Nick Saban's defense. They're running Ripley's match coverage. That's what it is. Like it's these other guys come in and and they adopt his terminology. Um, nobody's coming in there and and changing the way they go about things. There's evolutions and malleability within that, but typically it comes from the top. Similar to what you see with Kirby, but I think Kirby goes about it a little different way because Kirby was under was Nick Saban's DC. He knows what it's like to be in that role when you look at guys like Glenn Schumann and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I would guess T Rob. Um, but regardless, entering the the Nick Saban school for guys who want to learn to coach at an elite level and do other stuff good too. That's uh that's a nice that's a nice house to reside in. And Jake, last coordinator move I forgot to ask you about, man. LSU hires Blake Baker from Mizzou. Yeah. Uh, they make him the highest paid assistant coach in college football. This man's getting paid, I think it was $2.5 million yeah. to be a DC. You better fix the defense if you're getting paid that. But I, well, I, I think we can all agree a great hire for uh, the Bayou yeah. England. Well, the good part is it can't get, get much worse. Right, you go Good in point. there and you guys are just okay. You're going to look like, I mean, Monty Kiffin for for the love of God. Uh, listen, I, I think it's a great hire because he gets it. He understands. He played it Tulane. He knows that state. He understands what LSU has to be mentally on defense, and it's intimidating. I still, even though LSU's had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all these guys, and Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman this year on offense, I still think of LSU as that team that's got a bunch of orcs from Mordor that get off the bus and run around and knock your teeth through the back of your throat while they're dancing, right? Big special teams plays, big hits, defensive linemen that, that, that are swatting guys like flies and running guys down, guys coming off the edge that are hell and that are intimidating, right? LSU is a brand that can be very intimidating, and it's gotten away from that. It's weird to see, to be honest with you. Like, I don't – I watch LSU be bad on defense, and it's just – it's like watching the Warriors not shoot good. It just doesn't feel right. Like, it doesn't make sense. So – I know Blake understands that. They've got the athletes, right? They've got the guys. Just look at the guys they're going to put in the draft this year. We know that LSU is a brand that recruits itself. They can get hotter than anybody. And look, Blake's a daggum good football coach, but I think deep down he gets it. He understands that monster that has to be unleashed defensively for LSU to be able to continually operate against Alabama and Georgia and these other teams.
Jake, anything you like on the college basketball card tonight? I know you're off to a hot start gambling, but uh, oh, yeah. turn our attention now to, to college basketball. And I look at the SEC, too. Uh, all of the home teams are favored. Uh, most of them are favored by a lot. There's two double digits, the other eight and a half, seven and a half. Anything in the SEC you're looking at and across college basketball? Gift our yeah. our live show audience here with, uh, with some winners. Well, I got outside of the SEC, I got Baylor at minus two and a half at home against BYU tonight, which I love. It's up to minus four and a half now. I would still take it, right? I, I, you know, Baylor hadn't been playing great lately, but they're really good at home and they need this win against the ranked BYU team. But in the SEC, South Carolina, look, love what's going on. Love Lamont. But I feel like Bama covers, I think it's 11 and a half right now tonight. 11 and a half. Uh, I think Bama covers the 11 and a half tonight. It's going to be tough to go on the road and win any game in the SEC, let alone against Bama, uh, who I don't think Bama's as elite as they've been, right? But they're still a damn good basketball team. Nate Oates is a damn good basketball coach. The Auburn game, I just get weird about AM, man. I feel like that's going to turn into a rock fight. Uh, it seems like it always does with those guys. It seems, it seems like that's what Buzz wants it to be. I like Kentucky. I think were they minus eight and a half at home against Missouri, or was it twelve and a half? They're they're minus twelve and a half. Yeah, take Kentucky. I'm riding Kentucky <laughs> into the into the midst of Avalon. We'll go there together. And then there was one more LSU at LSU home. Vandy. They're eight and a half point favorite. Yeah, give me LSU at home. I like McMahon. Right. I think eventually it's going to hit home. I don't think LSU's elite, but Vanderbilt. Man, I'm so let down by Stackhouse this year. Right. I, I felt like they were kind of turning a corner at points last year. I know Pippen's gone, uh, Pippen Jr.'s gone, but man, they're just not good at basketball. It's unfortunate for them. Uh, those are the ones I like tonight. There's a little, there's a little four teamer. Maybe put it in the pot, parlay it, cook it up. You know, see if you get something out that mm, smells delicious. They're not good at much of anything, Jake. And that brings me to this, by the way, before we get you out of here. This coming, I think, via some Brett McMurphy piece, uh, talking about Michigan, and there were anonymous people talking about you know the, the realities of of quote-unquote cheating or gamesmanship or whatever. And one of the quotes was, out of nowhere, Vandy catches this stray, quote, the only pure thing in college athletics is Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt sucks, end quote. So, <laughs> just I mean, brutal. <laughs> outside of college baseball, I mean, yeah. show, show me on the doll where you lied. Yeah, exactly. Jake, last thing before I get you out of here, how disappointed were you that we did not get the NCAA football video game commercial? And who should be the cover athlete, in your opinion? I need names. I was, I was, I need, I need, I need names of people <laughs> that that spread this this apparent falsehood. All right, now I've heard that EA Sports did not spread it, so I'm not going to hold them fully accountable. But I'm still a little bit pissed off, if we're going to be honest. Maybe it's catching strays speaking about it. But EA Sports will catch one. But whoever made up this rumor, and it didn't happen, I just hope you know what you did. I feel like you should be banned from buying the game. I feel like that's a proper punishment. That'll, that'll stop this. There's a few things you don't tempt me with, all right? One of them is NCAA football. That's one of them. And I haven't had that in a while. I'm like I'm like Tyrone Biggins in Chappelle's show, right? I'm just walking around, just scratching my neck. And you promised me a trailer, and I got to watch the GTA trailer that came to fruition. I don't know, Chris. I'm still pissed off about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Cannot wait. Oh, and who's going to be on the cover? Jaden uh, Daniels. Sure. Jaden Daniels. Daniels. Okay. Jaden. I, I like that pick. I, you know, I, I thought somebody, though, I thought they had a great answer. Mike Leach. Just a tribute to Mike Leach. I would. Oh, I'd that would be dope. That, I like that. Cool. I would, maybe Jim Pirates. Harbaugh. Maybe Jim Harbaugh with a burger. Like, no, Connor Stallions with a burger. Oh, my God. Hey, listen, if you're a real entrepreneur, man, you make custom covers and you let everybody pay a, a premium for whoever you want on the cover. You could get Hugh Freeze on the cover of your NCAA football. Why not? Wait, hold on. Say that again slower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, it's always a pleasure, my friend. We'll do it again next week. All right, man. Y'all be good. I'll holler at y'all next week. Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.